0: Welcome to another podcast from Basic Scotland. These are a series of brief snapshots about less talked about topics within pre-hospital care in Scotland, and some deep dives into some more specialist areas with experts from a variety of disciplines. My name's Dave, I'm an army surgical trainee, a basics responder, and a mountain rescue doctor based in Pitlockery. Joining us today we have Dr Karen Webster. Karen initially trained as a GP and now does a kind of 50-50 split between working in out-of-hours in general practice uh, the other half of the time she spends in the emergency department at Forth Valley Hospital. She's a regular instructor for us at Basic Scotland on adult and paediatric courses. She does quite a lot of the pediatric teleeducation, tele-education and she's here to chat to us on this beautiful sunny day about the, the slightly grim topic of child abuse and recognising signs of children at risk. Karen, thanks for coming on.
1: Pleasure to be here, Dave. Thank you.
0: So I guess, you know, day to day, we have tens, if not hundreds of interactions with children. How are we supposed to pick out the the one child in the hundreds who you know, who is potentially at risk?
1: I think that's an excellent question, Dave. I think the real challenge is about that recognition. And it isn't something that is a solo sport. It is absolutely something that you are part of a bigger team. And we all need to play a part in this. So the key things that we need to do is we need to recognise what constitutes kind of signs of child abuse and also think about our local procedures on how we're going to manage this very challenging situation. So key things is that it is an absolutely huge topic. We recognise that and certainly there is a lot of information out there. We would recommend the Scottish Government Child Protection Policy if you want a very in-depth structure. We're going to concentrate on a, a smaller part of this, thinking about what role the healthcare worker can play in this. Key thing, I guess, to start with is a few definitions. So, when we think about abuse, it's not just the, the physical or sexual abuse which may come to mind initially, but also thinking about neglect and emotional abuse as well. This can be really challenging, and certainly using the, the GERFIC, the Getting It Right for Every Child, which has been in place since 2006, we need to think about a few pointers. We do need to think about what the child in front of us is presenting like. We have to use the age of the child, thinking about their developmental stage, thinking about how their interactions are, not only with yourself, but with their guardians that bring them here. To this end, we have a a few recommendations. It's always sensible, especially with the the pre-verbal child to say, who is with this child? Do they have parental responsibilities? Does the guardian know that they are seeking health care on this occasion? We also want to look for any inconsistencies in the story. So it's very important to say, well, wait a minute, dad said X, but mum said Y, and the child has said something completely different. And those can be little indicators to suggest that there's something of concern. Other things that you may want to consider when taking a history from a young person is are they registered with a GP? Do they have any social work input? And are they on the child protection register? Because this may again influence your management and and discussions following your interaction with that child.
0: Is there any way of Finding that out, you know, I'm thinking for, for a kind of treble nine type call where mm. you're a responder on the ground. Is there a way that you can access that information?
1: That's a really good question. And I think depending on the level of concern using the electronic care summary, which we classically think of for our older population, our palliative care population, if there are particular child protection concerns, there may be information on there on the key information summary. And certainly we've noticed recently there has been heightened use of the key information summary. So that would be a good starter just to check for any relevant information. Other than that, it is is about that communication. And it becomes almost easy if as a, a paramedic you are conveying the young person to the emergency department because you'd hand that over to clinicians on site and they would follow that up and if there was concerns they would discuss that with social work on call and again raise an information form. So it is always useful if you can speak with clinicians if you do have any concerns in the home because we of course in the emergency department don't have that extra pair of eyes that can actually provide a lot of information.
0: It's certainly true there's been times where you stand in a home and you think "Ooh, you know something is not right here and all the kind of subtle non-specific things you know piles of unwashed stuff beyond what seems entirely reasonable and is currently dotted around my house
1: correct i think we can all be guilty of that at certain times and it is and it's not to play we blame it is about does this family need extra support and part of that can be as well we have extra cognizance of families that are struggling during these difficult times do they have any issues with alcohol or drug abuse which we know can increase the risks to the young people in the home is there signs of domestic violence the numbers that have increased recently and again that can spill and have an effect not only physically but emotionally to our young people and again it is about highlighting that so that we can get the right support in early before anything bad happens before it escalates to further concerns and I think that that's really important about that joined up thinking and certainly you'll be well aware that people's contact with health visitors has been less this year. And that's no fault of the health visitors. It's just the situation that we're working in. And therefore, it is really important that we communicate concerns so that they can be sensitively approached and any extra support required given to that family.
0: What about when you're looking at the child themselves yeah, again, physical trauma is possibly easier to pick out, but what are the signs of, and symptoms of emotional trauma and neglect that don't immediately jump to mind?
1: So again, these are really good things to pick up on. So what we're looking for are those non-verbal cues. We're looking for the child looking to the parent before giving an answer. We're looking for them not seeking solace from their guardian that's with them. You know, things that, that would not seem in keeping with a, a loving and supportive, nurturing kind of relationship, which is absolutely part of the well-being indicators that we talk about for, with the getting it right for every child child. other things that we're looking for are as I mentioned at the top of the show is the developmental stage of the child does the injury correlate with something that they could potentially have done to themselves is there signs that an object has been used for the injury you know does it not Fit with the story that you've been given. And certainly in our pre verbal children, we do recommend doing a head to toe examination. And again, that's going to be based on the case in front of you. So it's not necessarily going to be every child, but certainly any child you have any concerns, a head to toe examination will help to pick out any bruises of different ages, things that are just not quite consistent. Remembering, of course, the back of the child as well as the front. If there are any concerns, then during the day, sometimes uh, contact with the practice if we're not wanting to move the child to the hospital. But certainly if there was somebody that you had significant concerns, then it's not unreasonable to transfer that child for further assessment, which then just allows a bit more time and a bit more information gathering so that we can have those conversations, which can sometimes be a little bit challenging and we don't want them to be confrontational we want to have them in the guise of supporting the family.
0: We've had a look at our child some things maybe not quite sitting right and let's say for the sake of argument there's no medical reason that we need to transport them to hospital. What are the pathways we can go to raise a bit of a flag?
1: So certainly when We speak with NHS 24 and again this might be, depending on the time of day, in hours you've always got the practice to have a chat with, to raise up a flag and have a discussion with one of the clinicians to see if there has been a pattern of concerns previously. Other options out of hours are either through NHS 24 or the out of hours team. Again, uh, going along similar lines to see have there been multiple contacts. Is there signs that there is something else that we can share that responsibility, that we can raise a concern and certainly NHS 24 have the capability of raising child protection concerns directly to flag that with social work to again see are they known to social work does that need followed up by the daytime team the key thing here is is this child safe to leave at home and that is the question that we need to ask ourselves and we need to say if we are comfortable that perhaps it was a relative who is no longer on scene and that the family can keep the child safe then they are okay to stay where they are. But if you have concerns that that environment is not safe for that child, then that may be a reason for transfer as well as if there was a physical reason. If you have concerns, then it is not inappropriate to transfer that child to a
0: place of safety. Any suggestions as to how you could frame that with the family or the person who's been giving care to that point?
1: This is always the delicate conversation and it is about that reflection of why did they contact the emergency services in the first case? What was it they were concerned about? And certainly it's okay to couch it as, I see you were concerned about little one's injury to their leg. It doesn't look like anything serious but I would like you take you in just to be checked over people like to be just checked over again if we are speaking to social work we should involve the family we should tell them that that's what we're doing but if you think that this child is at risk it is about couching it in a way that we're still gathering information but we are putting the child's needs at the top of our priority list
0: it's certainly not going to be an easy conversation to have and I guess the lure of getting a second opinion is, is probably quite a good one
1: absolutely and most parents will be really kind of receptive to that I guess those are the ones that aren't are also the ones that you're slightly concerned about why are they not putting their child's needs to to the top but again you just have to deal with what's in front of you and speak with either your team lead, so again, this is not a solo sport, there are people out there that can help you, whether that be your clinical advisor back at base, whether that be if you are on a home visit, your supervisor back in the practice or back in out of hours, whichever sphere that you work in, there is always someone at the end of the phone that you can just have that little chat with because it is sensible to listen to your gut and listen to something's not right and we will never be blamed for thinking and keeping this in our mind and that saves the head in the sand but they're a nice family and they may well be but it's about support it's about recognition
0: yeah I guess that's the thing to hang on to is that you know what we're looking to do is try and not punish people but increase the cushioning around them
1: Absolutely, because we all recognise nowadays that people are under immense pressure through multifactorial reasons from the frightening experience that we've been through with the the current pandemic from the change in work circumstances for many reasons people can be in under pressure and especially as I say if there is a history of mental health or substance abuse within the family and it is it's about saying right let's get support in Early, before problems arise, let's make sure that they know about what is available. And again, just about trying to make sure that we do have this nurtured and included child that is safe.
0: OK, so there's quite a lot of subtlety around both Picking up on the signs and where you go from there. And I guess a lot of it is going to be quite difficult to to prejudge because it's going to depend on the levels of concern. Are there any things that are complete red flags to you and and are straight to hospital, do not pass, go?
1: This is always that challenging question. I mean, it's almost easy with injuries because... You've any concerns, they go to hospital. It's more difficult with the kind of the psychological and neglect signs of abuse, and those ones are a lot more difficult because they are a lot more subtle in the main. And it is very much from that point of view, it is about that communication. It is about the pattern of presentation. And very much these are ones that we would hope that primary care services were involved in and also social services just to make sure that, that we can pick that up. Schools are also playing a part in this once the young people are at school. But again, that's not been a safety net that's been there in this recent while either, and so those ones I say are more for communication. Your physical kind of signs absolutely should go to hospital just to have that check, to have that discussion in an environment that, that we can take that forward.
0: Now, you mentioned about local pathways, and I'm guessing there's going to be quite a lot of variation across Scotland and beyond Scotland of how things work and how you know, how teams are laid down.
1: That's right. And I think that's why it's really important and we definitely recommend that you try as much as possible to do a regular refresher course on child protection issues. And certainly this is why there isn't good national ones because of the intricacies of the local area, knowing the forms to use to report concerns. Certainly that there's a number of forms from just notification to people who are already on the child protection register. And it's about who these go to to flag up uh, the concern to make sure that the right people are involved early. So our forms go to the health visitor and to the paediatrician. So again, we can arrange early joint reviews as as necessary for, for these families. And so we would definitely encourage you to find your local child protection officer and just find out when the training events are on, because they are run regular for that reason.
0: Oftentimes, driving back from a job, you start to reflect on it in, in a different light. Is there any ability to put a flag in the system when you're not with the patient and it's just something that is, is maybe not settling once you've got home?
1: That's a good question. And I think we've all got those ones that stick with us when we are sitting with our cup of tea back at base. And I would say that it is not unreasonable to then, you know, either discuss with a colleague, does this seem right? And flag up back to their primary care provider and and this is where I guess the paramedics have more challenge than other services in that the, the pathway back into primary care is not as easy but if you have a child protection concern then it is worthwhile raising that through your pathways and as I say it's usually through one of the child protection forms that are available that each kind of area has access to and I think Is one of these things that we should communicate because if a pattern then becomes available to us, then we will get involved early before harm occurs.
0: Well, that gives us a good kind of brief overview. I guess one of the things for me is is making sure that networking with, with the local services is in place.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's the thing you want to do before you need it. And this is where it is that clear pathway, that clear guidance. So you know who to contact, what email address to use, what information is required. And I think if you've got that in your equipment bag, then you know and have more confidence about speaking up. And that's the key thing that needs to happen. We all need to be vigilant for these young people and protect them.
0: Absolutely. As with all of these podcasts, I'm going to get you to give us three top tips for dealing with those difficult cases.
1: So my key message is for this, for recognising signs of abuse is absolutely think this doesn't seem right and then think why and you can get a good reasoning behind that. Communicate those concerns early and that can be done absolutely in a supportive way and know your local procedures because that will make things easier to deal with in what can be quite challenging or confrontational situations.
0: Fantastic, Karen. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of your expertise. And I know we're going to get you back to do some more stuff on paediatrics in the future. Thank
1: you very much, Dave. Appreciate
0: it. That's it for this week. If you have any comments or questions, visit the podcasters page and leave us a reply in the box at the bottom. Join us next week for another podcast from Basic Scotland.